Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hi, Dr. Jane. How's your week going? Going great, Anna. It's good to be back together again. Yes, it is. You know, I loved our practices this week. We're on track, developing our awareness with the intention of discovering our best and highest selves. And from that, we discussed in our last episode, mindful practices reveal our resistances and barriers and hopefully make our blind spots more transparent. That's right, Anna. You know, let's remember that, that we're formulating practices that train the mind to be aware of what's arising in the moment. Thoughts, feelings, body sensations, impulses. And by using that focused attention, we can observe the thoughts and feelings as they occur. So we're watching them as they show up without fueling them. We're merely watching, no drama. And the main ingredient is often, you know, our happiness or our unhappiness, you know, our life, you know, all of that is related to these thoughts and feelings that arise and our interpretation of the occurrences. So our interpretation is the choice that we're making. However, the choice is not always conscious, which is that's one of the things that trips us up, especially if we're in that autopilot thinking position. Oh, yes, that autopilot thinking position. (laughs) Speaking of moving out of autopilot, we continue to build our practices last time, or I should say we continued to build our practices last time with the breath and body practice, which begins with the welcoming breath practice and then incorporates physical contact, our feet on the floor, our hands in our lap, our bodies on the furniture, all the while noticing our autopilot patterns, our thoughts wandering, comments, criticism, the grocery list, <laughs> and, which I always have in, in my mind, Dr. Jane, gently bringing our attention back to the in-breath and out-breath and that physical contact. Yes. Oh, you said that so nicely, Anna. I try. Uh, you <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and the practice helps us build the mindful awareness muscle, as I like to refer to it. You know, we can identify the magnetic pull of that autopilot thinking, you know, and all the accompanying feelings, and, and then gently and firmly, you know, bring our attention back to the intended focal points, you know, the breath, the contact, again and again and again. That is the practice. Simplistic as it may sound, you know, that's the practice. You know, and as I just mentioned, the basic formula for how we live our lives is a combination of our thoughts and feelings and how we interpret them as fact. So over time, you know, years, decades, um, we become, you know, conditioned to these. They become habits. So the choice is how we interpret the thoughts and feelings. Um, The choice is very often buried in our unconsciousness. And we begin to do things as we've always done them. We continue to do things as we've always done them. You know, sometimes expecting different results or at least, (laughs) at the very least, wishing that things would be different. But with mindful practices, we're developing really the necessary foundation skill set of conscious choice. And that's namely to arrive in the moment with whatever's occurring you know, and observe the interaction of 
the thoughts, the feelings, the body sensations, and the impulses, as we talked last time. And from this new vantage point, you know, it's possible, it's possible for us to see what they are with less resistance. You know, they're really passing mental events. They're passing through our consciousness. And, and with the practices, you know, we're able to observe the reactivity. You know, this is where that space between the stimulus and response can be activated and energized, you know, with a choice to do the next right thing. You know, hopefully that's, that's where we're headed. Dr. Jane, this becomes the ongoing practice of the observer self. That's correct, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we see what's happening without judgment and maintain a neutral position so that we can decide and choose what's best. This, you know, the more I think about this, this can be such a challenge, especially when you're all fired up. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Let's remember the thoughts, the feelings, the body sensations, you know, our moods in general are not the problem. They're uncomfortable as heck, yes. But the problem is how we react to them and what we do next. So we can either react or respond. And reactivity is that autopilot phenomenon. And responding is the conscious choice. So the more frequently we practice the mindful awareness, the more the responding mode is available to us because we're rewiring the brain. We're laying down new neural pathways to respond. Well, you make this sound so simple. (laughs) (laughs) Simple, yes. Easy, no. You know, and as we become more regular with our practices, you know, stepping off that train that runs 24-7, and placing our attention at another vantage point, you know, really we begin to appreciate how we become more grounded in the mindful awareness. You know, we begin to see the differences. You know, this sets off new neural programming, which allows a new way of responding to life, you know, and, and doesn't life keep coming at us, as you say? You know, yet, yet we still must continue to make a choice in the moment. It never really takes hold as a habit on us. You know, it always requires that we maintain regular practices for easy access to this neural programming that we're, that we're setting up for ourselves, this new neural programming. Well, that seems to run counter to things. I've heard about creating new habits, especially over the years. You know, I've heard that the magic number was 21 days and it's totally yours in 90 days. What do you think about that? Well, you know, it's just not how we're built. You know, we can recall new information for about 24 to 48 hours, but if it doesn't have a specific meaning to us, that recall dissipates. You know, and the 21 days to rid ourselves of a habit, you know, in 21 days of practice, you know, that brings familiarity to new behavior, but it takes about three times that amount to start to feel established. However, you know, to maintain and build our capacity, you know, so that it becomes a lifestyle, frequent practice is always an imperative. You know, the important thing to remember is the brain doesn't give up anything, Anna. And we've talked about this before. I mean, we still have a reptilian lizard brain for that matter. Um, and And the habits that are practiced most frequently over time are the ones that are most deeply entrenched in the neural pathways. So those old behaviors assume more neurological real estate. You know, we have significantly more years invested in our old reactive mode of dealing with life. 
So these neural pathways of the old way of dealing with life never go away. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's important that we remember that. Now, this is interesting. And that this is why when we get hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, those old habits, the old thinkings, you know, the things that we're thinking, the feelings are readily available to us again. Oh, exactly. That's why they all, that's why they all come rolling back in. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, the thinking, you know, the thinking, discerning brain goes offline with hunger, or, you know, anger, uh, loneliness, you know, fear goes offline. And we're at the mercy of the old conditioned patterns of thoughts, feelings, and interpretations and behavior. So it happens to all of us. You know, the key is that we develop the mindful awareness skills. And this sets us up to be better able to nip it quickly and avoid the downward spirals into really the the serious funks and judgment and self-criticism or anxiety and depression. You know, or if we do experience those dark, difficult moods, that we're able to turn toward them, to explore what's going on and extract the lessons necessary to move on and thrive. Yes, it seems to me we avert more serious mental emotional crashes and and it, it can begin with regular mindfulness practices. So we've been practicing moving our attention away from the continuous thoughts and focusing on the sensations of the breath. Now, can we like talk a little about the next building block to our practice? Sure, Anna. You know, the next building block requires that we turn our attention to the sensations of the body. You know, I, Anna, I like to think of the physical body as truly the vessel of awareness. You know, the body is just so incredible. You know, it's sensitive to our thoughts and our feelings as we've, you know, pointed to last time. It, it reacts to our our thoughts before we're even fully conscious of them and responds as though they're <laughs> responds as though they're facts because the body believes everything we think and feel. You know, if you recall, the sensations of the body are also a dimension of emotions. So this relationship sets up a feedback system that can stir up and exacerbate fears, anxieties. Um, it can heighten reactivity. You know, this certainly contributes to our overall suffering and unhappiness. I find this all so interesting, the influence of the body, you know, what the influence of the body has in our quest. I think of a problem solving and and change as being head stuff, you know, Uh, we must think our way through or out of the issue. Well, you're not alone, Anna. Most people do. I mean, I certainly come from that belief system and our Western culture reveres Cognitive intelligence, logic, and reason, you know, in most programs designed for physical change like fitness, weight management, compliance with medical treatment, you know, set up a conceptual goal stated in terms of behavior, and they provide steps to to really push through that goal. And while this method often achieves a goal, statistics continue to indicate that most people are unable to maintain the goal. Isn't this interesting? Uh, Why do you suppose that occurs so frequently? Well, Anna, my hunch is because that design, which focuses mostly on behavior, misses the dynamics that drive behavior. You know, what drives behavior are our thoughts and our feelings and our body sensations. And if we're unaware of these dimensions that are driving the driving force and establishing unhealthy behavior, how can we ward off the reoccurrence? 
So asking ourselves, like, how did I get here is a start, but we need to dive more deeply into ourselves. Yes, that's exactly it. You know, the current response of my bad isn't enough. You know, it isn't about badness. It's about what's going on in the autopilot parts of my life that somehow make it okay or even right. You know, bottom line is there's no way There is absolutely no way to dismantle an unhealthy habit without acknowledging what it means to us, you know, what it it means in my everyday life, you know, and also acknowledging the pain that it has caused us. You know, this means that that we must recognize the assumptions. I've got to look at the beliefs and, and the history of it, you know, how we've operated from that and how it supports the habit before I can ever hope to modify or remediate it. So it sounds like we must sift through the autopilot parts, the thinking, feelings, body sensations, and impulses, and our backstory, our history, and early training, correct? Right, right. You know, as we talked about in our earlier conversations, you know, the main intention of our quest is to include the whole person. The body, mind, spirit approach is what we're looking for to our best and highest self. And we've begun to develop an awareness of the thought stream, the autopilot thinking. We're becoming more adept at watching the thought stream without engaging through our welcoming breath, through our breath and body practices. That's where we are currently. You know, and this will reveal the continuous dialogue we have with ourselves that directs the various components of our lives, including the choices we make. So we're becoming more aware of what's happening as it's happening. And these choices, often unconscious, you know, create and sustain habits that we live by. And as soon as we become conscious, that's when we have a choice to do it differently. Well, now we need to discover a similar experience with our bodies. Yes. That's where we're going to dive in because the issue that can disrupt this part of the quest is learning and and, and really being comfortable with our, our bodies, our physical selves, is that frequently we're disconnected when it comes to experiencing our bodies. Many of us are. So often we're at odds with our bodies. You know, we may not like our bodies and, and very often this has, you know, a lot of history to it or we feel betrayed by our physical selves, you know, the unfortunate impact um, of it is that we miss the experience of our body's innate intelligence, which can provide, you know, beautiful, um, valuable, really invaluable information, insights, intuition, wisdom, all delivered through a physical, emotional phenomena called the felt sense. This is a very, this is so fascinating to me, Dr. James. This is such a fascinating concept. You know, it is indeed, Anna. You know, and we'll be exploring the felt sense phenomena more deeply in future conversations. For now, let's suffice to say that they show up as internal sensations and they play out as hunches, gut feelings. You know, it, their source is not the cognitive conceptual thinking that we're so familiar with. They arise from a different experience, you know, and often they're emerging from a physical sensation that's really woven into feelings. 
and the content may not align with our usual sense of logic and reason. So sometimes this throws us off. Um, So unlike our autopilot thinking, the felt sense is not derived from those old assumptions and beliefs from the backstory of our conditioning. Sounds like they could be confusing when they show up. Oh, for sure. For sure. We may find ourselves saying things like, who said that? <laughs> where, did that where did that come from? Okay. Because the felt sense occurs within the weave of that body, mind, spirit um, phenomena. And as we tune into our bodies and our wholeness, we reunite with this body, mind, spirit gift. You know, and the gift is that we now have access to another way of knowing. This knowing is, is really, I consider it an innate intelligence. You know, it's not connected to our old conditioning, it's not connected to our old habits, and it provides guidance, very often the guidance we seek in that best version of ourselves. Hmm. And it starts with reconnecting with the body. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I recall that in previous conversations, you talked about reuniting and befriending the body. That's right. You know, and as I mentioned, you know, many of us have disapproved of our bodies. You know, we've neglected our bodies. Maybe we've been uh, harsh in our treatment of our bodies or disconnected from our physical selves altogether. So we've lost touch, you know, or never really had a healthy, loving connection, which is more than, you know, that, that connection I'm talking about is just, it's more than that sense of looking good or that situational feeling good. You know, the body, the body is part of this phenomenal um, and complex system that registers all of our experiences. You know, it believes and reacts to everything we think and feel. Um, it's our really our early warning system. It informs us of reactivity, anxiety, worry, stressors, um, because it produces symptoms of tension, headaches, you know, upset, upset stomachs, um, and it holds our experience of happiness or unhappiness, and delivers these message and messages really via physical symptoms. Things like, you know, think about the times that you felt real vitality, Anna. You know, or on the other hand, there are times where we just feel like we're bottoming out. We feel such lethargy. So if I'm tuned into my, the body and its signals, I can identify negativity and take action. Yes. In fact, our body usually registers a reaction before our thinking apparatus can deliver the message. So we've been focusing on practices on building the capacity for sustained concentration and awareness, and we're focusing on our breath and surface sensations. So We've observed the continuous thought stream, and we're becoming more and more aware of how we can't stop those thoughts, but we can stop what happens next. So now what we want to do is we want to deepen our capacity to see the link between the mind and the body. Wow. We must be headed for the body scan. It's my, it's absolutely one of my favorites. Yes, it's the body scan. (laughs) <laughs> because this is an essential practice that helps us learn really to, to read and understand the messages of the body. You know, it's elegant, it's simple. It integrates the mind and the body into a, this fundamental sense of wholeness. You know, what I love to call the body, mind, spirit, wholeness. You know, and the classic practice really involves moving our attention around the entire body, holding each region 
you know, with gentleness and curiosity, and we direct our awareness to move region by region for the entire body. Well, I want to let our, our listeners know, Dr. Jane, that the body scan is available in our YouTube and Buzzsprout's libraries. Let's go over, can we like go over the sequence of the practice a little bit? Sure, Anna. You know, it's really too long for our for current purposes, but the key is that we're becoming aware of sensations, sensations of the body. We're not thinking about the body part. You know, we're looking to really experience sensations. So we're going to linger, really allow ourselves to linger at each region, allowing the sensations to arise in our experience. This includes really three processes in the practice. We're going to deliberately direct our attention to the sensations of a body part and then linger there for a while with the body part and just noticing what sensations arise and then deliberately disengaging from that region of the body and purposely re-engaging with another region. So with each body part, we're intentionally focusing, or we're focused actually on the sensations, holding our attention there and then deliberately moving to the next body part. That's correct. And the body scan begins with bringing our attention to the breath as we have with welcoming breath and the uh, breath and body practice. So we're focused on the breath by breath sensations and we want to settle into the sensations of the breath before we move on. So once we're settled into the breath, we begin to move our attention to different parts of the body. And I, I often start with bottoms of the feet so we're going to direct to the bottoms of our feet, linger there momentarily, and then next we'll go to the tops of the feet. Again, lingering, feeling the sensations for a moment or two, and then moving to the lower leg, from the lower leg to the knee, and then from the knee to the hips. Same process we use for the trunk of the body, from the hips to the shoulders, that would be front, the back, the sides of the trunk. Again, lingering and then disengaging to the shoulders, fingertips, the neck, and then all sides of the head, paying particular attention to sensations, the front of the head, the face, you know, the mouth, and then to the crown. Thoughts may wander or try to disrupt, and we acknowledge this. And then we move our attention back to the region of the body that we're focused on. You know, and as you mentioned, Anna, the full practice is recorded in our Conversations for the Good YouTube and Buzzsprout sites. So all of it is there. It certainly is. And it's, very, it's been very helpful for me, I know, to go back to those. Dr. Jane, is there a question for contemplation this week? Yes, Anna. I would like if people would be open to asking themselves to come up with three words that describe their relationship with their bodies. And to do this after they've had a chance to be in the practice of the body scan. Oh, my 
Three words, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, three words, Zada. Oh, boy. We'll share well, ours next time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, in the meantime, remember that you can access the body scan on our YouTube channel, or Best Sprout. I'm already thinking of those three words, Dr. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Until our next conversation. <laughs>